What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 31 of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Well, we've reached the end of another week, continuing our countdown of the top 25 best games of the last decade. Today, we talk about our third marathon extra inning affair of the week. This one comes to us from October 27th, 2015, game one of the World Series between the Kansas City Royals and the New York Mets. This was one of those World Series where I truly had no gauge on who was going to win the thing because the Royals, for really two years, had just kept proving me wrong. I didn't think they had the starting pitching to be able to win a World Series. Proved me wrong. I didn't think they had a lineup with enough power to be able to win a World Series. Proved me wrong. With every step of the way, they just... They proved me wrong, and they did in the ALCS. I didn't think that they would get past a really, really good Toronto Blue Jays team in 2015. They beat them in six games. With that said, the Mets came into this series as the hotter team. You know, you upset the Dodgers in the NLDS, winning Game 5 on the road in Dodger Stadium. Then you sweep the the Cubs, who were probably the favorite to win that series as well. Daniel Murphy was on a historic roll, had homered in six straight postseason games, a major league record. You come into this series with this incredible rotation headed by Matt Harvey and Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard, and their biggest detriment for a majority of the season had been their offense, and you were getting, obviously, this incredible spark by Daniel Murphy, but the biggest piece to the centerpiece to that offense was the acquisition of Ioannis Cespedes at the trade deadline and kind of the zero hour of the trade deadline that they made with the Detroit Tigers. What he did for that franchise in the second half of 2015 was indescribable. He was the key piece of that offense, carried him in the latter part of the season, carried him to a division championship and helped get them to the World Series. The pitching matchup for this game was a good one. You had Matt Harvey, who had had a phenomenal comeback season after getting Tommy John in 2014. He was awesome in 2015. And for the Royals, you had steady Eddie Edinson Volquez. Edinson Volquez, a pitcher I always really enjoyed watching. Thought he had great stuff. His issue was always command, but he had a, a phenomenal year in 2015. 13-9, a 3.55 ERA, pitched over 200 innings. I don't even think those numbers tell the full story. This Royals team, we knew coming into 2015, was going to have a phenomenal bullpen. But what they lacked, what a lot of people, including myself, were worried about, was whether or not they were going to have an anchor to weigh down that rotation and give them five, six, seven innings to start, especially after losing James Shields in the offseason. They found that guy with Edinson Volquez. He was far and away their best starting pitcher in 2015, and he was the right guy to get the ball on this night. Now, this thing started with a 1-2-3 inning by Edinson Volquez. Matt Harvey on the mound for the New York Mets, and on the first pitch he ever threw in the World Series to Alcides Escobar, this happened. If you've been watching the Royals, be ready. He swings first pitch. It is Escobar, and he swings and hits it into left center. Back at the track, it is dropped. Cespedes couldn't make the catch. How about that effort? Digging around third. Here comes Escobar. 1-0 Kansas City. 
Really interesting call there by Harold Reynolds and Joe Buck. Harold Reynolds kind of called it at the very beginning of that clip. Alcides Escobar was not a great hitter, but he was a fastball hunter, and I am very surprised that Harvey chose to throw him a 95-mile-per-hour fastball down the middle for the first pitch of the World Series, especially when Escobar had been uh, this team's hottest hitter in the ALCS, was ALCS MVP, absolutely tortured Blue Jays pitching in that series. You had Cespedes out in center, and this play was kind of a microcosm of what's always bothered me about Yoannis Cespedes as a player. Incredible talent, good hitter, a lot of power. He just does a lot of weird stuff, and he made a weird route to this ball, He tried to catch it with the backhand, he missed it, then kicked it, it got away from him, and it allowed Escobar, once it got away from Cespedes, this thing was done, this was going to be an inside the park home run, an electric moment in Kauffman Stadium, which was an unbelievable environment for several years there when the Royals were really, really competitive, and one pitch in, it was one nothing Royals, but in fairness to the Mets, they bounced back. In the fourth inning, Travis Darnode singled to third base, driving in Daniel Murphy, tying this game at one apiece. Curtis Granderson would a homer in the fifth inning, breaking the 1-1 tie, putting the Mets in front 2-1 in the top of the sixth. Michael Conforto would hit a sack fly to left. Ioannis Cespedes would score, and it was 3-1 Mets with Matt Harvey on the mound for maybe his last inning. Maybe he had one more in him. It would turn out to be his last inning in the bottom of the sixth. Ben Zobrist, uh, a huge uh, acquisition for them at the deadline. Starts off the bottom of the sixth with a double. Lorenzo Cain singled, moving Zobrist to third. And then you started playing Royals baseball. I mean, a sack fly to score Ben Zobrist off the bat of Eric Hosmer. Kane steals second. Kendrys Morales grounds out. And then Mike Moustakis on a 2-0 count singled to center field, scoring Lorenzo Kane. And the Royals got two back. And this Royals team was so relentless offensively. I mean, every time they would get behind, and, and what happened in the ALDS when they made that incredible comeback against the Astros was a perfect example of this. Every time they would get behind, it seemed like they would bounce back. They were never out of a game. And this was not a lineup filled with guys that necessarily scared you. It was not a lineup filled with 30-plus home run guys. But it was a lineup filled with players who put the ball in play, who forced you to make mistakes, who forced you to make plays, and they never, ever struck out. And I think they frustrated the hell out of Mets pitching in this series, especially Matt Harvey. Both of these pitchers, Harvey and Volquez's nights, were done after six innings. Similar lines. Matt Harvey, six innings, five hits, three runs two walks, only two strikeouts on 80 pitches. Edinson Volquez, six innings, six hits, three runs, one walk, three strikeouts on 78 pitches. This was probably how the Royals wanted it. A tie game, turning it over to the bullpen, and the Mets bullpen had been really solid in October, but making it a bullpen game was the Royals' bread and butter, and it felt like they had the advantage going into the later innings. In the top of the eighth inning, Juan Lagares would reach second with two outs, in the inning, and then Wilmer Flores would hit a hard ground ball to third base. A tough play, but Eric Hosmer made an error, allowing Lagares to score. It would be an unearned run for Kelvin Herrera. A huge moment, a a huge momentum swing in this game, and what seemed like was going to potentially be a huge momentum swing in this series. Eric Hosmer, gold glove winning first baseman, despite the fact that analytics have never favored him, but he's always been a very good athlete, uh, made a, a bad play on this ball, and the Mets took the lead in the top of the eighth. Tyler Clippert would get into some trouble in the bottom of the frame. Then Jerry's Familia, who had been sparkling, had yet to allow a run in the 2015 postseason, would get Mike Moustakis to ground out to short. And the Mets were three outs away 
from taking a 1-0 lead going into Kauffman Stadium and winning Game 1 of the World Series. Is that what happened? Well, we'll talk about that next. To an early morning breakfast burrito, to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And we're back. So we get to the bottom of the ninth. Royals hanging on by a thread here. Salvador Perez grounded out to short to open the bottom of the ninth. Then it was Alex Gordon, who had been a part of that organization forever, sees a 1-1 pitch from Jerry's Familia. A huge moment for Alex Gordon and the Royals tying Game 1 of the World Series at 4 on the bottom of the ninth. Jerry's Familia gave up his first run of the entire postseason with that solo shot by Alex Gordon, and it was the first of many dumb mistakes that the Mets would make in this World Series. This was a quick pitch. Uh, Jerry's Familia tried to catch Alex Gordon off guard. He threw a hard sinker. It was right in Gordon's happy zone. And, or hot spot, happy spot, whatever you want to call it. And he clubbed it to the deepest part of center field. And once again, momentum had swung back the Royals' direction. And it seemed, once again, like this was going to be a game in which it was going to favor the Royals. With the bullpens being what they were, it seemed like this was going to be the Royals' game. But in fairness to the Mets, their bullpen held up really well. So you got two really good innings out of John Neese, who was kind of their forgotten uh, fifth, even sixth starter. Uh, during the season, pitched really good out of the bullpen. The Royals did their thing. I mean, Wade Davis coming out of the pen looking great. Luke Hochaver, Ryan Madsen, Chris Young, who was kind of their unsung hero, pitches three scoreless innings in this game, ends up getting the win. Chris Young at 38, what was it? 38 years old or 38 years young. <laughs> was awesome here. I mean, he was throwing sinkers at 85 miles per hour, but they couldn't seem to barrel him up. And you get to the bottom of the 14th. The Mets now have Bartolo Colon, big sexy, on the mound. Alcides Escobar gets behind quickly in the count, but then reaches on an error at third base by David Wright. Ben Zobrist would then single to right field. Escobar would move to third. Lorenzo Kane would get the intentional walk treatment, leaving the door open for Eric Hosmer, who a few innings before was going to be the GOAT of this game. I mean, he made the error that allowed what was, at the time, seemed like it was going to be the game-winning run to score. He had the opportunity to walk 
the Royals off and put them in front one nothing in this series. Into right, Granderson back, Escobar tags. Here comes Escobar. The Royals win game one. Hosmer drives home the winner in the 14th. Eric Hosmer, the Royals' all-time leader in postseason RBIs, wins it for Kansas City, and it changed the momentum of this entire series. I mean, there were many moments throughout this five-game series in which the Mets had the opportunity to either take control or stay in the fight, and they failed almost every test that was thrown their way. They made some dumb mistakes in this series. And you, you look back on this this 2015 World Series and you wonder how differently things would have turned out if the Royals would not have been able to win Game 1. Because Game 2, you had Jacob deGrom on the mound who had been spectacular in the postseason for them. He struggles the next night. Johnny Cueto, who pitched a, a tremendous performance in Game 5 of the ALDS threw a dud in Game 3 of the ALCS, comes back, throws a complete game in Game 2 of the World Series. Royals go up 2-0. They would lose Game 3, come back and win Game 4. Daniel Murphy's error proved to be as costly as it gets for the Mets. The next night, Harvey was tremendous in Game 5, goes back out there for the ninth inning. Familia blows another save, his third of the series, though most of those weren't his fault except for the quick pitch he threw to Gordon, and the Royals would win that game in extra innings, winning their first World Series in 30 years. A historic moment. This was such a tense game, very fun game to watch between two two teams that played very different styles of baseball. Really intriguing. Not a World Series that we're used to seeing. This was not one that featured the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cardinals or the Dodgers. This was a a World Series between a team that hadn't been there in 15 years in the Mets and a team in the Royals who had only been in their second World Series in 30 years. Obviously, they made it in 2014 and lost to the Giants, but it was nice to kind of see some fresh blood out there, and it was an incredibly tense, exciting game. And historically speaking, I mean, there's few on this list that are as important. Who knows who wins this series if Familia doesn't quick pitch Alex Gordon there in the bottom of the ninth? Who knows how differently things would have turned out? And this was a huge moment for the Kansas City Royals, and I will say this, I I thought the Royals were very good all year in 2015. I never really thought that they were going to win the World Series, even when they had that incredible comeback in the ALDS against the Astros. After they won this game was the first time I said, yeah, they might win the whole thing. They were just relentless in 2015, and they won this game. They deserved to win it, and they deserved to win the World Series. That team was a miracle. So that's going to do it. For episode 31 of Locked On Tigers, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers, and eventually we'll be doing mailbags again. You can send those my way, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. If you have any questions and while you're uh, in isolation, social distancing, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a positive review of this show. It would be much appreciated. We made it through another week. I appreciate appreciate all of you sticking with me. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.